Hey guys, this is Chip from The Real Dirt. On today's Dirt, we talk about irrigation. That's right. So many cannabis farmers are hesitant to put irrigation in their small operations and even in their big fields, but we're going to demystify it a little bit with you today. Today, I'm going to have a co-host, Justin Jones. He's been on the show many times before, and you know he has some large uh, hemp fields that they irrigate. And I'm also having Michael Box of Bluemont, uh, uh, Bluemont Irrigation. again you are at the real dirt down today's dirt i've got my good buddy justin jones who is our impromptu guest host say hello justin jones hello hello how's it going out there oh doing good man and uh All you know right. i brought you on on today justin so we could chat with michael box what's up michael hey there chip <laughs> Oh, Michael is a, uh, um, he's, he runs Sustainable Village. Sustainable Village, among many other things, help and design uh, irrigation systems for hemp farmers, cannabis farmers of all types, uh, small scale and big scale. Uh, he represents uh, uh, the, the Blautmont brand, is that correct? Is that the Blue Mat brand. Blue Mat, Blue Mat, Blue Mat. Blue Mat. Yep brand uh which we'll let him explain that to you a little later but it's a it's a ceramic based uh irrigation device we'll just leave the mystery in yeah we'll get into it in a bit right, that sounds right, pretty cool right. yeah, yeah totally I like it um and I've, I've seen these things for a long time i saw them first in europe and you know 2000 2001 or something great great product um but hey, I'll tell you guys, there is a huge myth in the cannabis industry. You know it and hear it well is that it should all be hand watered and in order to make it great and incredible, you have to hand water it. But we three are here to tell you that is not true. <laughs> and irrigation and automation do rule our full food world as well as the cannabis world as well. Oh, yeah. uh, if you think that drip irrigation is too difficult, uh, we're going to demystify that today. If you think that uh, irrigation is uh, too expensive, we're going to bust that bubble too. And we're really going to explain how drip irrigation can help you in your cannabis farm. So sit back, roll the largest joints you can, and enjoy us here for this episode of The Real Dirt. It's going to get wet. These episodes of The Real Dirt are sponsored by Denver Normal. Denver Normal is an organization that advocates the right for every marijuana consumer in the Mile High City, while also creating long-lasting partnerships with local businesses that share our values, a deep love for the community, the cannabis plant, and the commitment to educate our audience. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So yeah, I have I, to say, uh, working in irrigation, there's a lot of jokes that you can use around that getting people excited oh yeah man yeah. I, I love drip. i love irrigation i love the math of irrigation yeah. i it, it is the coolest thing when you put it together but it's one of those things that people easily fail at because they don't do the math they don't put in the right filter sizes and uh i have you ever done this justin have you ever like built a drip irrigation system that didn't work um I'm kind of a I'm kind of a hand watering kind of guy still, but I have a really tiny cannabis farm in Denver, so you know we can do that. We have a you know I've I've messed around sure, but all your past. large scale uh, hemp stuff, all the large scale irrigated. stuff is all irrigation. Yeah, and and it's a big deal. And I'll tell you what, you definitely don't want to screw it up. You want to make sure it's correct because uh, you know I I saw some people that are you know that that definitely scrambled this last year 2019 during the planting season and you know have a, you know their pumps weren't ready or like you said the filter or something this or that there's you know there's a lot of things that uh 
that go into a successful irrigation system. And it's also a living, breathing thing that on a daily and weekly basis, uh, you know, needs to perform. So it's uh, yeah, that's absolutely right. Super important. Hey, Michael, I'm, I'm wondering if you could go over the, the basis of a, uh, of the two types of drip systems we we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about uh, like individual drippers. And we're also going to talk about the wondrous drip tape. Um, so uh, yeah, let maybe we could talk about the individual drippers first. Sure. So when we uh, look at irrigating containers, so Anything that's in a pot or a raised bed, for instance, whether that be indoors or the greenhouse, um, even uh, you know outdoor large raised beds outdoors, or or even when people are in native soil applications with with their ganja plants, um, with with large plants, things like that, uh, we kind of look at them on an individual, like plant by plant basis, um, and we engineer our our blue mat systems into those. And we like to call blue mats the kind of the evolution of drip irrigation. So your standard drip irrigation, you know, it tends to be um, a lot of little plastic drip emitters that run at a certain rate, you know, say like a gallon per hour, or half gallon per hour. And pressure, those are all- Usually pressure compensated. Yeah, yeah, pressure compensating or non-pressure compensating depending on mm -hmm. the application. And those are fed by a pump system that runs at a pretty high volume, um, some usually on a timer. So you know, say you have a, a greenhouse with um, raised beds and you have uh, emitters in the beds and um, your timer kicks on for, uh, you know, 20 minutes a day, twice a day, something like that. And it gives us kind of the standard amount of water. And that's really handy. And for years, I actually did a lot of installation of those. I used them in my own grows. Um, I've worked on a bunch of different just, uh, or vegetable farms over the years and um, used use systems like that and they work well. Uh, they take a lot of, save a lot of labor, that sort of thing. Plants, you know, generally like them. Um, the way our blue mats work, and I know you said you've seen these before, Chip, and what they are is they're, they are, they're a ceramic cone um, with a little plastic cap on the top. And through the top of that plastic cap, there's a, a very thin three millimeter line, the silicon line. Um, the, the cone itself is filled with water and it's buried in the soil. And as the soil dries out, the uh, ceramic cone dries out a little bit, which pulls a small amount of water that's inside the carrot, we call them carrots, uh, pulls a small amount of water into the ceramic, which creates a negative hydrostatic pressure inside the cone, which pulls down on a little membrane, which opens a valve and allows water to flow through the top of it. So it's basically an on-off valve um, that responds to soil moisture. And then, so it lets water flow through the top of this, uh, this valve and rehydrate the soil, which rehydrates the cone, which closes the valve. Um, and that's like a variable flow as well. So, you know, if the soil is drying out really fast, the valve will open more and water more. And, um, you know, it'll drip out even into like, you can have a, say if you got a small pot, like a one gallon pot or a three gallon pot, you could just have it drip right out of the carrot. If you had something bigger, like a five or a 10 gallon, you could have some little distribution drippers that it would drip through. Um, or with large pots, you know, when we're talking like 45, 65s, 100s, 200s, that sort of thing, um, or raised beds, we feed it into this array of uh, soaker hoses that we have. Uh, we call them blue soak, but they're a really interesting soaker hose made out of Tyvek. Um, and Either way, what we're doing is maintaining really static moisture levels in the soil uh, with the blue mat systems. And that is different than a traditional drip irrigation system with individual emitters that is gonna have uh, wet periods and dry periods, and it's gonna have these big swings in the moisture levels. are much more like uh, running rock wall as far as the moisture level. running. In that it maintains a, like a really even consistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it like that, but yeah, I suppose it is. Um, yeah, that's the two major fee, uh, two major like sections we have at uh, that we sell drip irrigation to cultivate OKC, cultivate Colorado. Yeah, is they're either quote unquote hydro growers, mm 
Mm-hmm. So they want their medium to stay moist all the time. Um, or they're soilless growers and they believe in some sort of wet dry down dry period. type yeah. of right. Yeah, which you know, that's that's one that's a school of thought. Um Hey, I've done it all, yeah. honestly, yeah. and man, it's just how you want to do it. Right. The you know, I, I I for me and my scales in the past, I can't see like water savings on one versus the other or you know, a grow technique or grow growing better in any way. The yields seem to be the same, but it's just preferred. You either want it wet yeah. or you like to dry it out. Yeah. All right. I got something for this. So uh, at my uh, recreational marijuana grow uh, medical and rec in Denver, Dank, um, we still hand water and a lot of you that guys reason, got 80 lights or something. I mean, we're tiny. Yeah. hundred. We got, we have a hundred lights. We're small seed growers, but, mm-hmm. but part of the problem is that uh, I have multiple cultivars on a grouping of plants. Okay. So, you know, uh, and that's just, we we're vertically integrated and we just basically, you know, we grow uh, a little bit differently than you'll see in a lot of places. But what's cool about what I'm hearing from your system is this might actually work and the reason that we don't ir- drip irrigate is because if I've got eight different uh, cultivars, they can all be in the same size of, of cocoa and they can be in the same, you know, in the same grid and all that. But, you know, they're going to use use their uh, water and nutrients a little bit differently. So we actually hand water and we kind of look at each plant on its own because yeah. if we just give everything 10 minutes a day, st- so, you know, certain things are getting overwatered and, and it becomes really difficult to get any kind of a dry down or it's just definitely easy to overwater certain things. So yeah. And overwatering is a huge problem, right? I mean, so, so this, your system uh, has but, the ability to each one of these carrots is its own, uh, you know, has its own sensor to how much moisture is there, you know, and, it, and it's kind each of container will maintain right? the same amount of moisture. Yeah, I think you guys are just jumping right to the heart of it here, which is that's exactly right. Different, you know, phenos, different strains, whatever you're going with, even like different places in the greenhouse, you know, or, or the room, some are going to be sure. hotter than, than the others. All these different containers are going to be using water at different rates. Yep. So this allows the, the plants to, you know, just take just as much as they want and not too much. And the systems, you know, the, the supply lines are under a constant pressure. So this water's on 24 hours a day. You right, know. right, yeah. And it's very low pressure, like our max PSI is 15. So we're, we just need to maintain a very low pressure on all the supply lines. And then as soon as the plants want some water, they just open up the valve. And it's really like the plants are actually controlling the on-off switch to the water. And in fact, when you, um, you know, after a plant's done growing and you, and you kind of you pull the carrot out and you look at the pot, you'll, there'll be a little um, conical hole, you know, where the carrot had been embedded in the soil and it'll just be completely solid root mass. So the, the plants actually wrap themselves around the carrot and start exerting um, uh, pressure on that to, to control the valve, which is, you know, it's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's kind of the higher level of it, but um, yeah. So you know, this it, is, this yeah. is a, a, the, I've used this example over and over again when people talk about how bad drips irrigations are. And I'm like, well, let me tell you, if you have a right drip irrigation system, when you're done with it or halfway through, you will notice that the very top of your soil is just a mat of roots, right? Uh, and, and roots will come out of the top of the soil e- even. Yeah. And to me, that just sounds like everything. It's just a healthy environment. You know, it's yeah. hard to argue with that one, honestly. But I've, yeah. I've never seen, I'd love to see a picture of this, man. Maybe we could get one. You, you could post you, it yeah, on Yeah, I mean, you know, we I'd have. love to see this. Yeah, and if, and if people check out our Instagram, it's, uh, it's Blue Mat Watering Systems. Blue Mat Watering Systems. That, um, there's a bunch of pictures on there. And uh, oh, okay. people right. send them to us all right. the time where there'll be like a little dripper, you know, that where the water enters the pot. And we actually have to put the drippers up on a stake about two inches above the soil. Because what happens is if you lay it right on the soil, the, the roots just grow up into the dripper and clog it. And people send us photos all the time of having this mound of roots just underneath the dripper where the, where the plants are, are getting it. And I've actually had it um, at home in my little greenhouse at my house 
the um, we're using the soaker hose, the drip tape soaker hose that we use, this Tyvek soaker hose. The in uh, like 100 gallon pots, I'll put a big spiral of that. The root mass will actually grow over the top of the the soaker hose and completely encapsulate the soaker hose, so that you have to like at the end of the season actually tear the roots back to get the to get the hose out from underneath this thick uh, root mass, uh, which is, you know, just kind of blew me away the first time I saw that. So yeah, but, I'm, ch yeah. I'm checking out your uh, Instagram site and I see that you, the other product you have, this Tyvex, like it, it appears to be a drip tape like product. Is that what it is? It's, it's, it's different than a drip tape. And so most when we think of drip tape, it's like a, a extruded plastic and you know, it's black. And it's got it's usually flat looking when it's dry and then it swells up but there's emitters built in um how you know every 8 12 24 inches however you know whatever distance you want mm -hmm. and those emitters have specific flow rates and you know that's the same thing you turn that system on or it emits at that spacing for that flow rate um this the blue soak this the that we use is actually has just thousands and thousands of little micro holes that, um, that weep water out just continuously. So you get a continuous soak. And it also operates at a really low pressure. Um, it'll operate down to two PSI, which is, which is much lower than like the traditional drip tape. It needs more like eight to 10 to really function. So we, we bounced a, a around a little bit, um, yeah. but a couple things I wanted to get in here is, is the, the important parts and pieces that people need when they go to design an irrigation system. Um, and, uh, I, you know, we're going to list them out here. So if you've got a, uh, if you've got a pen and paper, go get it. Um, if you want to write it down in your notes, you know, perfect. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to list the parts of the drip system that everyone needs and maybe give a little understanding. You know, uh, you need water. Yeah, that's where it starts. You need a water right, source. Yep. You need yeah. a water source, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, Justin, do you guys have holding tanks, or do you come right off your water line for your large irrigation? The uh, we've got both. The, we, we're coming out of wells. We've got uh, we've got holding tanks. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know guys. I I saw people that are you know straight pumping right out of the river. Um, it, right. it depends on what your water rights are here in Oregon, right. you know, really, but, uh, you know, most, most people have a, have a good well that allows them, you know, so many, right. uh, so, so many gallons our, an hour, those sort of things. We have yeah. our water and then we have our, our, our pump, which is, it gives us two things. It gives us volume and it gives us pressure. Right, Michael? That's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. go ahead. Oh, and then the next step is your filtration, which I'm sure most you're getting important. To. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right, Chip. Absolutely. Water most important. Yeah. Pump, which is volume and pressure yeah. and filtration. Yeah. Take and filtration. Away, yeah. Filtration, you know, so now we're really kind of talking about uh, like multi-acre row crops, you know, for our big hemp fields and stuff like that. And this oh, is, yeah. Um, in, in filtration. Well, I mean, we, we sell filtration to all of our small indoor oh, cannabis absolutely. people for sure. 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 You know, any uh, irrigation disc filters, filtration. right? Any irrigation needs a disc yeah. filter. Yep. Um, the, but when we get in, especially when we get into these big multi-acre fields, mm -hmm. uh, the irrigation becomes critical because people are spending lots of money on their irrigation systems. I mean, oh, yeah. and, and it's really easy to, to mess them up. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to build filtration and to do it. Like you mentioned, the disc filters, very popular. They're a mechanical filter, basically. Um, you know, you're pushing water through these, these disc uh, arrays and it takes the particulate out. Um, they're really inexpensive, relatively. Um, and then we also install sand media filters too, which are a little more complicated, a little more expensive, um, but they're more automated and can go for longer periods of time without being. They have closed. automated flesh out valves. You can run Correct. larger volumes of water. You don't decrease your, your pressure when they get dirty necessarily. Yeah. That's the problem with the disc filters. You do have to have them in a cleaning maintenance schedule and, yeah. You know, uh, my, in our, in our hydro garden with our rock wool, we have to clean our filter every couple of days. Right. Right. 
So we use big, we use these big mechanical filters. Um, we like this brand called Iritech. They make really nice, um, really make, they make the biggest one. So filtration is all about surface area. The more surface mm-hmm. area you have in your filtration system, the longer you can go between cleanings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get away with a really small filter, but you have to clean it all the time, or you can build a bunch of filters in these array, these manifold arrays that we design. Um, they're really cool. We, you know, we have some of those on the, on the Instagram too. I think there's some, uh, some photos of those, but um, yeah, that's our most popular style that we install. And then sometimes we'll do the, the sand media stuff as well. So filtration is, is really, but it's key. So that's, that's something we tell people too, is that's where you, if you're going to spend money on one part of your irrigation system, especially for a farm, absolutely way to go. Yeah. Cause you don't want to, you don't want, I mean, you put, you know, acres and acres of drip tape down in the field and then you run a bunch of, you know, you just sediment through it and you're going to clog up all those tapes. And now you yeah. got a bunch of garbage laying out in the field that needs to be replaced. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, just last year I bought a, a couple ac- I bought a two acre kit uh, of a, uh, uh, drip tape. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I sell all this stuff, but like, man, this particular company I like to work with drip works. You guys, sure. yeah, I know them. those guys. Yeah. They do, they're just great people. I love their model and they, and they have really good prices. So like I ordered a, some kits, um, and, uh, it, it, it came with just a three quarter inch screen filter. Right. right. And I, I immediately I threw that, that away. Talking about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> threw yeah. that away and put in <clears throat> an extra large, extra long disc filter that was for more volume and more water than, than my system could carry. Uh, but uh, it, it, I always like to upsize that part of the filter, make it yeah. bigger. It's easier for everybody to take apart and clean it. And Absolutely. Um, just, just bigger is better in my opinion on filters. It, it generally, it generally is too. You know, higher flow. You know, those larger diameter stuff you get more flow. You get less uh, friction mm-hmm. loss, and with your or with your overall pressure. So you now, know, hey, this is you know, this is a great engineering point too for drip systems. Is because more inch filter is not going to take that same volume or pressure, and you need to up it. Right. Uh, at, you know, to one inch or one and a quarter or one and a half or whatever the one up. You should yeah. up it. Right. And really, you know, and, and once you start talking about those diameters, I mean, the smallest we ever get into with the hemp fields is two inches. I mean, that's where we start with all mm-hmm. of our supply lines. Um, and we use a little product called Lay Flat, which she probably, yeah. probably you see, kind of it's usually like mm-hmm. blue or sometimes it looks like a fire hose. It's like a rubber kind of fire hose material. Yeah. And we use that. So after, you know, we get to through our filtration systems, then we start laying out our, our main lines and our sub mains. So we'll use um, uh, the highest diameter that we're going to oh, okay. use. Okay, let, let, yeah. let me pause you. Yeah. So we've yeah. got water. We've yeah. got our pump, which is volume and pressure. We've got our filter. And now we have our supply line. Is that yeah. what you want to call it? Yeah, supply lines. Here are, okay. Yeah, main lines. Um, main we also line. might put a, we might also might put in a, a fertilizer injector in there too, usually mm-hmm. right after the filtration. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, – yeah, so supply lines, you know, we're either going to be in PVC or in, in lay flat or a combination of both usually, uh, depending on where we need to move the water to. And we'll start with higher diameter stuff. I mean, it's not uncommon that we're using six or four inch stuff right off the bat to get large amounts mm-hmm. of water out to the field. And then we'll branch that off into zones or sets, people call them too. Um, and those will be that's so we can't you generally can't water the whole field at once we'll want to break it off into zones and we'll say hey what's the max amount of water this field's going to use in a day in the middle of the summer it's at its highest use rate um you know like right in the middle of august how much of these things going to be drinking and we'll we'll say how much time will it take to get that much water on the field and say, Hey, we've got like, say we have an 18 hour day to water. Um, we have to, we have to size the system so that it's possible to put that much water down, um, on that field in that 18 hour window. Um, it's kind of, so that's our like upper limit of what we need to be able to supply. Um, so yeah, the, the main line takes the water to the different uh, zones and then those zones are usually controlled by valves. Most of the time it's a manual thing, but we can also do, uh, you know, solenoid valves that go off on timers and that sort of thing. 
Um, hey, Justin, how many, yeah. uh, how many zones you got in your hundred acre field? They uh, had a lot, a lot of zones. Um, but, uh, and, and they do, I think that was all manual too. You know, the mm -hmm. automated stuff, it would, it's, uh, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to trust it sometimes, yeah. you know. And I unless guess. you're just in dry, consistent temperature, Southern yeah, right. California or Nevada or something, it's hard to say, okay, it's going to be this much every day. Yeah. Right. And right. most hemp farms right. are new. You know, that's the thing. Most hemp farmers mm -hmm. right now have only been doing it for a couple of years at best. Right. They have yeah, no nobody's idea got 10 years on the data. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. one of, you know, one of the big hemp farms that I worked with a bunch just last year, they also are a large-scale hops are operation. And, uh, mm, sure. You know, that they've got, you know, so many years in hops and, you know, and of course there's always, uh, there's always something even with their hops farming, but, you know, they usually have dealt with it in the past or, you know, they have other resources. So, yeah, with hemp farming, everything's kind of brand new. Um, but... Uh, no, definitely. That was, uh, you know, that was an issue you would hear, uh, you know, about people that they're, you know, if your irrigation isn't working, if it breaks down, if you, you, there's no like catch up time, you know, if you hit, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you, uh, if you kill everything because it didn't get water, mm -hmm. you're, you're starting to start over. So, uh, yeah, you know, and it, and, it, and it definitely seems, uh, it definitely seems challenging now. With these systems, you know, this last year I saw, you know, guys that were running drip tape uh, in with their transplanting. And so the tape was like, the, you know, I guess in the ground on the raised, mm -hmm. on yeah, raised the beds. And then I saw a lot of people that uh, planted um, and then put the drip tape out after the plants were in. And maybe they did a little bit of overhead watering uh, at the very beginning with the, the uh, transplants mm -hmm. growing in. But, uh, you know, what's the, uh, now with your guys' system uh, for a large scale hemp field, the, um, is the, uh, is the material, once you get off of those laterals and the mains and laterals, uh, yeah, is, right. the, uh, is your, is your material underground, above ground? How does that work? Yeah. So again, now we're talking about just that extruded drip tape, um, that is one or the other. You know, it's really up to what the farmer wants to do or has the capability of, of, of installing. Um, right. Do you see it makes any difference? You know, there's, there's there, the, the, the tape can be protected longer if it's buried, you know. Mm. Um, and it's, it's also, you know, supplying water below surface so it, it could there's less evaporation that happens when it's buried. Um, it's hard to get the tape out <laughs> with hemp plants, especially if right. people are finding, you know, like if you're growing onions or something, you can just pull that tape right out. If you're, if you're growing hemp though, I mean, you guys know what a, a yeah. fully grown yeah. hemp plant looks like and how big that stock is and then how massive the root system is. And right. Um, just so in that case, the, uh, the above ground tape would, would maybe, easier to pull out but those were uh i saw people that put those in and then had a lot of wind when the plants were real small and that the lines actually moved around and sometimes they kill right. plants yeah yeah, yeah you so still that, gotta that put some weight on it yeah you still gotta right. put some weight on it and if you're gonna yeah. do because i prefer the above ground on drip tape uh i do like to uh, take it out at the end of the year and i'd like to reuse it agricultural waste and plastic waste are one of the biggest plastic wastes in the world right now so i want to be yep. as conscious as possible it's the biggest um, issue i have with this whole yeah. Yeah. And, and drip yeah. tape really is great because you can, at the end of the season, wind it up. There's some great YouTube videos on how to wind it up and keep it on your spool using just like a cordless drill. Yeah, I've seen uh, that. That's yeah. what we use. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so I put it on top and then I'll just like every 10 feet, I'll put on five shovels of dirt on top of that. So then when I come yeah. to like pull the field up, I just walk down the row and I just pull up right where there's a, you know, there's a weighted down section, right? Yeah. Sure. I, yeah. And, there, but, uh, and there's I, a lot I, of implements, you know, that will actually shape your beds and lay a plastic mulch and bury the tape four inches down all in one pass. Sure. Yeah. And now yes. I have, now I have all that. Yeah. Uh, so if but, you got uh, that yeah. stuff, that's probably what you're doing and you might even be yeah. throwing away the tape every year. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. 
I mean, you not you personally, over there, but Justin. Uh, you know, I see it both ways. Um, the main farms that I worked with were not uh, we no plastic mm -hmm. mulch, uh, flat, no raised, but no raised, uh, no raised uh, beds either. Yep, mm -hmm. no, it was uh, it was just flat. You're and in we one had, of the most perfect drip. climates in the world for it, though. Yeah, and we had drip. I we had uh, farms with drip, and we had farms uh, with uh, pivots. Mm -hmm. And uh, definitely, you know, so, you know, we kind of, the Willamette Valley here in Oregon, you can see it uh, a lot of different ways for sure. Um, but we do have to have some sort of irrigation because normally, you know, we, we get no rain from, you know, somewhere in June till somewhere in, you know, October. So, yeah, great groundwater is really low. But, uh, you know, definitely... Uh, I, you know, I, I like I like seeing the different systems and definitely, you know, uh, it's super important. But pumps and filters and the injectors, you know, that that's the uh, and, and just that math, all the all that math going on. And the, the most important part. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Hey, gentlemen, I think this is a perfect time for us to take a break. Uh, let's just uh, sit back and uh, roll up the largest joints you can and join us just back in a few minutes for the real dirt. Hey, you know, in these trying times, it's uh, kind of hard to find all the parts and pieces you need. However, if you call us at Cultivate Colorado, Cultivate OKC, email us, text us, man, send out smoke signals. We'll try to get every single thing you need to grow to you either via drop ship delivery or we offer curbside service it's one of the most you know important things that we can do right now is help our customers continue growing and uh you know just to 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 put more great cannabis out there in the world is definitely going to be a good thing here so if you're having trouble getting any of your products or if you don't think that your local store is open no need to worry contact us at cultivatecolorado.com cultivateokc.com you can look us up on our telephone number you can uh, drop me a line at chip at therealdirt.com you can pm us you can dm us you can do whatever you want and we will go out of our way to get you everything you need in these trying times Chip, I got a quick question in regards to that. Uh, you mentioned smokes. What direction uh, and what color of smoke signal would you guys like to see if that if that's where we're at? Well, you know, um, smoke. We always like that fine blue smoke. If you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you know, yep. nice, nice blue smoke. That's what we're looking for. And, All right, good. You know, it's the intention of the smoke signal, I believe. <laughs> yeah. That 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 will draw us to it, like flies in light <laughs> yes yes <laughs> oh so man great great to be back with you guys today we're talking about irrigation um i've got uh michael box and justin jones here justin jones has uh done a large-scale commercial agriculture with hemp um and he also grows uh ganja by hand in in denver waters it by hand michael uh helps uh transition those exact people into irrigation systems all right fellas like where right. were we? we were talking about uh oh the parts and pieces of an irrigation system let's let's just keep reviewing it for everybody as we've got our water we've got our pump that's pressure and volume we have a water filter we then 
often have some type of a fertilizer injection system, a siphoning fertilization system. Some people have an additional tank, which requires a different pump and an additional filter. Mm -hmm. But uh, then we have a, a main line that brings all the water to our garden. And from our main line, then we set it up into zones. Um, the uh, zones end up breaking into smaller lines that run through the garden. And then the individual drip lines come off into our containers. Unless it is drip tape, then your, uh, your supply lines are actually also your drip lines as well. Right. That sounds yeah. easy. Yeah. I don't know you if anybody else got lost, but <laughs> all right. I was following you there. Yeah. So Michael, when we put all these stuff together, what, what's people's, they've got all the parts and pieces they've, they've, they've figured out and they've got everything right. What's the, the main way they mess up right now? Well, um, you know, we talked about, a lot of math involved with these big systems and we're, we're looking at acres of, of uh, plants and the, the main problem we see is, is when folks try to do it themselves and you know I, I'm all about do-it-yourself and many many aspects of life but with these with these irrigation systems it's really really helpful to have uh, somebody engineer for you that that knows what they're doing um, yeah, because the last thing right. you want is you know like we talked about getting to the middle of, of summer and all of a sudden you can't get enough water on those plants and you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of plants in the field that are dying before your eyes because you can't give them enough water. Or you're at the beginning and you just spent all this money propagating <laughs> and, and you, uh, and your pump's that's not big, your pump's not big enough. And that's usually what I was hearing was, you know, these guys, they didn't do the math right. Their pumps weren't big enough or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, they couldn't yeah. push enough through the filters. Um, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, is that, that is right. the case. Just to explain it to, to, to people who have zero uh, knowledge of this is it's real simple. There's a certain amount of volume and pressure that you get at the beginning of this whole thing. And that is as much as you're going to get ever. Right. So you take all of the drippers that you have and divide it by that number. And that's, that's roughly your limitations, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but even it's more complicated more than, than that. Yeah, if it's, you have a good well that just keeps putting out for you too. So yeah. yeah, right. I mean, if you got a five inch well, and you know it's putting out eight thousand gallons a day, it doesn't matter if you have a four inch line that put out thirteen, fourteen thousand gallons a day. It's only gonna get eight thousand gallons a day. That's right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And often with you know big multi acre fields, we're looking at you know, hundreds of, you know, 100, 120 gallons a minute we're trying to put out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really pretty large volume wow. of water. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So having that engineer, and you know, I do a lot of design work here. We, we put the systems together. We source parts from a bunch of different manufacturers that we have really great relationships with and, and get that system to people. Um, and do all the, the kind of tech support, customer service, everything that needs to happen. And then and in addition to that, when we're talking about big fields, I do have uh, an engineer that I work with um, who will draw, he'll draw out the system. And he's an uh, irrigation engineer um, out of Oregon, actually, uh, up your way. And he, he does a fabulous job. He'll create, you know, if someone gets a system through us, um, you know, not only will they have every part that they possibly need delivered to their farm, they'll get a CAD drawing. Of, of the whole system all laid out and everything's going to be guaranteed and insured to work. So when we're dealing with millions of dollars of plants, um, we, we like to have that insurance policy backing us up so that we don't ever screw up. And we don't, you know, that's, that's the, that's the real advantage um, of having the engineer design done is that it's done properly. Yeah. All right. So th this, this drip irrigation isn't just for large farmers though. And, and that's, you know, most of the people that buy drip irrigation from us at Cultivate, mm -hmm. they're small farmers. They might have 12 lights, 20 lights, 500 square feet. Sure. Um, 
So we, we basically have, have two types. We have a, a small scale or, or your craft size, we'll call it. What, what do you think that number goes up to from one light to how many square feet would be considered a craft operation? For, a, for, a, for an indoor situation like that? Indoor greenhouse. Yeah. You, yeah. Know. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I have an exact number. A couple thousand square feet canopy, I would say, stops, you know, it becomes more commercial. Uh, a lot of it has to do like what's the what's, what's the guy's market you know what's the farmer's market that they're going to go into what you know are they trying to get five rounds a year in or are they you know when does, doing when it does the equipment change yeah um <clears throat> so the way we design it we'll do we'll do our our blue mat irrigation systems in in anything that ha has to do with containers so we don't really have an upper limit as long as folks are growing in say raised beds or large pots or things like that. Um, so even over in Justin's four acre greenhouse or something, it's all in containers. You would. Yeah. So I, you know, that, mm -hmm. that'd be a situation where, you know, if he's growing in a lot of small pots, we have some different ways to use the blue mats with that. Um, we also have these systems called capillary mats, which are a whole other kind of really interesting way to irrigate. They're like oh, a yeah, felt sure. mat and that pots sit on and whip water up through that. So that's a really great way to do a lot of small, smaller containers. Um, and, you know, the way we work it is we have a lot, we have people call us every day, say, hey, there, here's my grow. This is what up it is. Maybe it's six lights in your basement. Maybe it's, you know, 5,000 square feet of in a couple acres of greenhouses, whatever it is. Um, they're contacting us and then we, we talk to them. We, we work out what they need and then we give them a system that it's going to work for them. And it's always going to be, it's going to be different. Now when we're talking outdoors, native soil stuff, anything over um, like I say an acre, but it's probably even a little less than that. Right. We'll stop, we'll stop doing like blue mat stuff and we'll go straight more to the traditional drip irrigation. Um, but you would go to with the blue mat possibly up to an acre. Up to an outdoor. acre. Yeah. Yep. And you know, that's a real kind of craft situation that you'd be doing. It's but um, for sure. Yeah, we we put some of those in. Like well, in that number here, like in Oregon, if you have a tier two recreational outdoor, it's an acre, you know. Yeah. It, you know, so. And and then when we're talking about acres of greenhouses, that's you know that's always going to be that's just really depending on what what the containers look like. Um, right. I'm saying big, for ganja up here, you know, mm -hmm. on the tier two, you know, you'd have an acre. Guys are yeah. doing an outdoor, uh, you know, forty thousand square foot canopy. Yeah, that's that's a lot of ganja. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of ganja. Yeah, man, we're yeah. trying to put in two hundred and forty thousand square feet of ganja this summer. All right. Yeah, yeah totally. Unexpected. That's out in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Is that under under full sun? That kind of thing. Uh, it's it's split between uh, uh, greenhouses, hoop houses, um, and full sun. Yeah. Yeah. Auto flowers and clones and seeds excellent yeah right doing it all man i'm i'm, I'm definitely not a snob on on growing ganja any all yeah however we can no i think i mean i think the autoflower thing is really fascinating uh development and especially um i think it just i think it can fill a really awesome niche in a farm oh so, man yeah. it is it is how all the rest of the commercial um uh, uh, so many of the other commercial agricultural products work with day neutral flowering periods where it's mm -hmm. just time, you know, it's just 45 days or 50 days or 70 days. I mean, I just planted a bunch of cabbage that was 45 days and tomatoes that were 50 days. Sure. And that's how commercial agriculture talks about it all. And even home, home agriculture talks about it the same way. Yeah. Backyard gardens, right? Yeah. No, I was just, just ordering all my seeds for my kitchen gardens just the other day. And, you know, I'm up in the mountains. So I like to pick those short, <laughs> short windows, those short days. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about uh, down here in Oklahoma. It's uh, was 90 degrees a few times this week. Um, the spring has definitely sprung. It may freeze once or twice. Uh, but yeah, we're ready to go, man. And places like this are perfect places for autoflowers. I know many people grow them inside, which I don't quite understand that. 
but uh, uh, but outside there, just you can start planning right about now and and keep planning until well after your first freeze. Yeah. Well, I think you could get a nice cycle too, you know, and in a, in a, you know, we saw a really good success with hemp farming this year um, with, with, uh, you know, logistics and, and being able to dry your hemp, dry. Being, yeah. uh, harvest yeah. it, yeah. you know, Especially and not have all your work right. come due in the same, you know, week or two, you know, so mm-hmm. just trying to go with, uh, with an auto flowering genetic and then an early, and then, you know, maybe a later, uh, to try to spread out your harvest in the fall. So, yeah. Well, and you know, we, we've got a number of clients now that are using the auto flowers and a lot of them, uh, we're seeing them are doing them in raised beds. And <clears throat> I know for hemp um, even, uh, yeah. well, yeah, actually for, yeah. it's for, for that craft flower, you know, that smokable yeah. flower, which I think is a really, very viable market but that's kind of a different different topic Um, and the raised beds are just perfect for ganja it pulls them out of the soil platform so it changes the whole water dynamic it dries them out more gives it more oxygen even if you don't put the plastic mulch on top of it it, it's an incredible like you know a little small addition to to growing almost anything yeah, but you add that drip and the the plastic mulch, and man, that's how all the organic vegetable guard vegetables are grown, pretty much yeah. this way. Yeah, or many many of them. No pesticides, reduces the weed pressure, reduces the pest pressure, such mm-hmm. a great deal. It's it's really yeah. good thing. Yeah, and you're kind of talking more about the like a shaped bed or raised bed out in the field where the tractor mm-hmm. will come and raise those beds up, and then. And then we see a lot of folks in like greenhouses with built raised beds, right? Like either sure. like a fabric bed, like a grass similar similar bed concept. Though. You get it up out yeah, of the ground, get it up the out soil of profile, and mm-hmm. and a lot of those guys that we're working with are are more of that living soil style grower, right? So I I know you've got a bunch to say about living soil. I was just uh, looking to the talk you did the other it's, day. Yeah, it's, oh, all right, great yeah. great marketing yeah. term. It's you know I yeah. wish they'd t- call it something different, but right, uh, so, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. really, it's, it's <laughs> the, the the thing. So that's where the craft part comes in. I like to think about it is when when we're looking at. Um, I, I I'm a big believer in soil biology and soil health, and I mean, who isn't, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, how how right, do you get right. around that? Give it to the roots. And, yeah, and the that's where the the blue mats kind of really kick in is with when they maintain that static moisture level. That's where we see. You know, it, we kind of were talking about it earlier, the real big advantage is you guys jumped right on it, which was, hey, different plants are going to use different amounts of water. So we're going to prevent for, uh, overwatering. But the other real big advantage is that, is that maintaining that static moisture level is incredibly beneficial for the soil biology. So all that beneficial bacteria, fungi, you know, your flagellates, all this stuff, those are all these little microorganisms, right, that that if the soil gets too wet, they'll go dormant. If it gets, gets too dry, they'll go dormant. But if you can hold them right in that um, hydro-neutral zone, we call it, or homeostasis or, or Goldilocks zone, whatever you want to call it, that little, that little window where they breed and, and do their jobs, whether it's solubilizing phosphorus or transferring nutrients or fixing nitrogen, they sure. do that 24 hours a day. They don't have like a period where they get too wet and slow down they get too dry and slow down. They just do it all the time. And, and so with those, you know, quote unquote, living soil growers um, that, are, that are relying on all that activity to produce the, the nutrients or to produce the food for the plants, um, they're able to get some real, some real benefit out of the, that static moisture level and increased biological activity um, to the point where yeah. they're getting significant yield increases. And, we actually have some folks out of the Seattle area. Um, they're they're about to publish this paper in, in one of this, this some new peer-reviewed journal. So I can't go into all the details, uh, but they've done some really controlled studies um, uh, with blue mats versus hand watering, and and saw uh, increase. I mean, it really dramatic increases. You know, it's the order of like about twenty percent increase in yield. Nice. Now, do, do you have a preferred media that uh, you guys like to use that works the best with the blue mount? No, not really. I mean, soil and soilless mediums. So, anyway, so, you know, that's coconut, peat, work just Cocoa as is a great, 
great application. I mean, that's what I grow in is in uh, yeah, well, with the ganja in Denver. I'm in th- like three gallon, four gallon cocoa and perlite, you know, and we drained to waste hand water. Right. So, yeah, I mean, co- you know, cocoa's got that tremendous capillary action. So it moves water from side to side and, and evenly distributes it. So, you know, that's a really blue mats work good in that. Um, Cause I mean, we have some customers that are just straight like cocoa salt growers and they, they crush it with the blue mats. They see real increases in yield. They say, Hey, this is, they add the fertilizer through their, the Uh the drip system. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize that was possible. It is. And one of the real amazing thing is, is you can actually, and we kind of almost, you know, require or strongly encourage people to, if they're going to run their synthetic nutrients through the blue mat system, to decrease their dilution rates by 50% or maybe even down to 25% of what they were using because you're not getting that drained to waste that you normally do. So there's no runoff, yeah. anything that's going in the pot staying there. So we don't really need So you to reduce your fertilizer level consumption you by and, 50% and right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. We, we actually tell people 25% because people don't want to, they don't want to believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they usually well, change yeah. their they usually yeah. change their mind quickly. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's, it's so that's pretty incredible. Because um, there's no there's there's virtually no runoff with your system. That's the idea. Yeah, once they're dialed in and tuned, they're just going to maintain that static moisture level. And we usually like to verify that we have a digital moisture meter we use. Other there's some other ones out there that are really nice too. And um, <clears throat> you know, we just so we have an independent you know, uh, monitoring device of some sort that's telling you either your moisture level, either in a form of a percent or in millibars is how our meters read their tensiometers. So they read in negative millibars. Um, and yeah, you can just, you can kind of really, uh, cling on to those, those moisture levels, um, much tighter with, a, with the blue mat systems and with the swings, the dry, the wet dry swings of, of a drip system or hand watering. Sure. Sure. That's awesome. No, I'm excited. I'm going to uh, get a hold of my, uh, my growers and, and have them check it out. Because, yeah, it's a good uh, solution for you. You know, most of Justin's rooms, I'm, I'm, I can't remember, but I think they're mostly like 12 to 20 light rooms. They're right? small. Yeah, everything's small. Yeah, they're all small. So, yep. you know, work yeah. great for this. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when we, when we talk about converting a system over that's existing, we really also encourages people to start small, you know, Hey, let's well, and we could just do a couple, do a room or do that's what I mean. Like yeah. Do a room. And then you, you practice, you get good at it. Cause there's a learning curve, right? Sure. I mean, not, uh, it's a new technology. It, it doesn't just work flawlessly right out of the box. You got to learn how to install it right and, and tune it. And then when you tune it and now it, it does a fabulous job, but it takes that couple of weeks. To- a little piece of uh, a way to describe it is it's not perfect right out of the box and you have to tune it just like fine musical instrument all right (laughs) (laughs) so you know we've kind of we've if if you're okay so right now you're talking to i don't know fifteen thousand ganja growers literally or people interested in it sure what what hey can you tell them that <laughs> yeah. to, to to help them along with with what they're doing or an irrigation in mind what's the like you know the, this positive like you can do it type thing you can say to these guys right or you can say anything man because if like people are always asking you the same question let's answer it right now yeah i mean you know Growing plants is fun. I've, I've been growing plants all my life. I, I love growing plants, producing my own food, producing my own ganja, uh, medicine, mm-hmm. you know, everything. This is, is, um, this is something for everybody. And, you know, especially now, you know, I mean, I don't know when this is going to air or what, but we got some crazy stuff going on right now in the world Yeah, totally. uh, with all this, uh, this virus stuff that's out there. And I think, you know, this is a best, this is good a time as any to start growing your own. And start and start not just not just weed, but your food and everything else. And people can do it if they if they put their uh, their minds to it. And a good watering system is is a key is key to that because water is essential. 
it's easy to screw it up if you if you really don't know what you're doing it's easy to overwater um, and we have a lot of really simple solutions for the small home grower um, as well as just for any of the larger commercial folks we can scale up to, to do whatever you want to do um, oh, that's great uh, yeah man I, I you know what I'd like to speak to you people that are poo-pooing on irrigation right now and say it doesn't work and I'll say you're haven't seen enough ganja growing uh, that there are the biggest, the smallest, the best gardens in the world are grown under drip irrigation. And if you do a little math and follow the steps that we laid out here for you, you can make your system better than it is today. Yeah. So uh, just open your mind a little bit. Um, drip systems will in in however long it takes you to water by hand that's how long it will take you to install your drip system <laughs> so if it takes you an hour to water by hand it's going to take you an hour to install the drip system and now you get to collect all those other hours in your day in your life and like sit back smoke weed hang out with your family and stuff it's yeah. great no that's i mean that's such a great <laughs> point you know the the return on investment on an irrigation system, on an automated irrigation mm. system, is one of the, the quickest return on investments you're, you're going to get for any element of your grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to, and especially with the blue mat systems, you know, you're going to see yield boosts. You're going to have reduced water and nutrient usage. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to see the labor savings are just incredible. I've got a big grower out um, up in Humboldt area right now. He, he put a, got a lot of greenhouses. With blue mats in all of them last spring At the end of the season he told me he hired one less full-time employee just because of the blue mat system you know just to have that and i'm not saying that you know machines should take people's jobs but you know everybody out there is trying to keep the bottom line intact and time well, you know what irrigation does for the for the farmers and the growers it allows them to actually grow the weed exactly because now here's what the they plant. do yeah. is like okay Instead of spending that 45 minutes watering the weed, go look at it. Yeah. Go turn the plants. Yeah. Pick off the crooked leaf, the bad leaf, pull out the shaded plant, you know, gives you time to actually grow it. To just yeah. even to look at with it. it. Just to be yeah. with the plants. Yeah. And to let them show you what they need. Yeah. No, couldn't agree more. So you're going to go get a drip system, Justin? Maybe. I can't so, wait to go check out the Instagram page. What was the, uh, what was your Instagram again? So uh, blue mat watering systems yep. is uh, we have two, one sustainable village and then the other is blue mat watering systems. That's where we all put right. all our, our cannabis related material and it's the more popular one too. Sweet. Um, we're also, like I mentioned, we're based out of Boulder, Colorado. We actually just uh, opened up a really nice big uh, office and showroom, which is, now shuttered with <laughs> everything uh, else in Colorado for the next month. Yeah, or so. totally. Um, yeah, man, we're only, we're doing curbside service and delivery only the public can't walk into the stores. Uh, I honestly feel like it might change the way so many of us interact. I mean, oh, we yeah. do most of our business through our delivery system. Anyway, we would yeah. rather everybody just get on calling us in and ordering it. So, Honestly, this is the perfect time for us to promote that. Yeah, you know, sure, for sure. And even all the way to the other end of it, uh, you know, we're selling ganja right out on the street curb right um, now. On the Denver, corner. On the corner. <laughs> finally, out, Back on, out the on the corner. corner. Yep. And the great thing is, actually, I just was talking to the to uh, my business partner back there and uh the uh the weed cops have actually been out. The uh the city actually came in yesterday. The take a look at all the uh no it was the city of denver but they they're out looking to see how it's going you know and checking out these curbside situations oh right so they're like man. we actually have a perfect situation because we've got a big parking lot big big you private, know, you know controlled area so we're lucky there and i know like chip at his stores you know you've got a big parking yeah. lot everywhere you can you know people can pull in and and uh you know call phone it in and you know, use all sitting this technology car. that we've got, yeah. you know, we're, uh, we're sitting here on the zoom, uh, you know, doing the, doing this right now as we talk. And 
I think Zoom's stock, you know, in the last month yeah. has gone uh, has doubled because uh, all of a sudden we realize how important, how cool this is to have a conversation, to get to see people and get some personal interaction uh, oh, yeah. through all this great technology. So yeah, I've seen uh, not only did Zoom stock go up, but any company that looks like Zoom, like there was another one I think it was called Zoom Communications that is not this company. Yeah. Yeah. People just mistakenly buying it. <laughs> well, I think it was already the wave of the future. Yeah. I think this yeah. might just be, uh, you know, the gas pedal getting pushed down a little bit on it. But uh, it was sure, sure great talking to you guys today here and learning a bunch oh, about man, the, awesome. uh, irrigation yeah. and and, uh, and new this technology in irrigation. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to yeah, be a great it, one. If anybody uh, wants to check it out too, our website is uh, sustainablevillage.com. That's sustainablevillage.com. And there's right. Uh, right on the front page, there's a quote request form. So if you guys want a, a free custom design, you know, we're always, we're always do a free design quote for anybody. Uh, there's, a, there's a button right there. You can request that. And there's also a really nice informational um, catalog. It's a PDF that you can download as well right there on the front page. It kind of lays out how the blue mats work and um, kind of our products and services overview. So sustainable.com. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I got, I got some projects. Maybe we'll get you guys involved on a couple things too, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do. All my, I've, I've done all my irrigation myself forever, but uh, you know, anytime I go into one that's built by a professional, I'm always like, Oh yeah, I should have done it that way. You know, <laughs> great guys. Hey man, I really appreciate you joining me for another episode of the real dirt. If you like this episode or want to download others, check us out at therealdirt.com or on iTunes at The Real Dirt Podcast. Please, please, please subscribe and you can get all of the like 70 plus episodes that we have sent right to your mobile device. Hey, also, if you're out there and you see people in the world, just give them a smile and spread a little cheer and love and kindness. We're all in this world together. And I, I think what's going on right now has made us realize how small it really is. So I love each and every one of you. Roll up the largest joints you can and listen to this episode again. Mm -hmm.